0: You're listening to an audio sermon by pastor bernard Mulder from household of christ we trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the word of god please stand with me in your bibles to mark chapter 4. everybody is looking for a breakthrough deliverance healing increase in their lives multiplication in their lives and god wants to do all these wonderful things in your life the bible says That He wants to give you life in abundance, superior in quality and super abundant in quantity. You have to ask yourself the question, if God blessed you right now, would you be able to maintain that blessing? Because what you receive by faith, you have to maintain and keep it by faith. There's many options out there, or basically two options for you to be successful in this world. You can follow the ways of the Lord the kingdom of light, the kingdom of righteousness, or you can follow the ways of the world, a kingdom of unrighteousness. Now, many people not serving God, that when you look at them, it seems that they are blessed. They have a lot of possessions, maybe cars and houses, and you can look at them and say, God, why are they successful? Why are they blessed? And look at my own life. But remember, the first area where you are supposed to prosper is your spiritual life. Because God is a spirit. But many times we want to combine these two. You have to choose who you will serve. Who you will put your trust in. So I want to start by just laying a foundation so that you can know how the enemy will attack you. Do you know the enemy wants to attack you? The devil is not your friend. So turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Mark chapter 4. This is the parable of the sower, but I'm going to read from verse 13. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? Family, listen to me. If you don't understand the parable of the sower, Jesus is saying you will not understand any of the parables if you don't understand how this parable works. So it's very important that we have understanding and revelation of this parable. The sower sows the word. and These are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. Then they hear Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. Now remember the Bible says the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So as soon as people hear the word of God, the devil would want to come and steal that word away. What is the number one way that the devil steals from you through offense. Through offense. You hear a message that brings hope and encouragement. You say God wants to do it. And your focus is upon God. And before you walk out of the church, a brother has offended you. And you're thinking more about the thing that the brother has done than about what God wants to do in your life and has done for you already. Am I talking to the right people here this morning? The devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So there's three ways that the devil will attack you. By killing in your life, by stealing in your life, and destroying. And those attacks are directly upon your heart. And takes away, that sounds like stealing. The word that was sown in their hearts. So it's the word that's in your heart that's very important. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground. When they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. And they have no root in themselves. And so endure only for a time. Afterwards, when tribulations and persecutions arises from the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Tribulations difficulties, challenges. Give it whatever name you want. He says the devil will throw these things at you to get the word of God out of your heart. As soon as challenges come, what does the devil want to do? He wants you to question your sonship. He wants to destroy that relationship that you have with Jesus. You say, now that I'm serving Jesus... I'm facing challenges. When I was not serving God, it was easy. But now that I'm serving God, there's some challenges. Who have you experienced that? Yeah. Amen. It's normal. But the Word of God is the thing that will see you through. The devil wants to destroy your relationship with God. He wants you to question your sonship. When people come and they say, Oh, you say you're a Christian, but why are you going through these things? It's normal. You're not in heaven yet. This is a battleground... This is not a play park. It's not a small encounter group. It's the battle of all ages. And there's an enemy that wants to kill, steal, and destroy your life. Just because God said to the Israelites, there's the promised land, it's yours. That they just walk in? No, there was a battle every time. But they had the victory every time because God was with them. I'm talking to Christians here this morning. So this is a message for you to encourage you so that you will finish strong. To prepare your heart to receive that which God has got for you. You've come for an anointing service. To receive an anointing. But how will you maintain that anointing? I want to show you that you are an anointed one already. Many people will not be able to maintain that anointing. Because they're not looking or guarding or protecting their hearts. Because out of your heart flows the issues of life. Now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desires for other things, entering in choke, the word. Choking sounds like killing. We've now looked at killing, stealing, and destroying. And it becomes unfruitful, but these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word accept it and bear fruit, some thirtyfold, sixtyfold, and some a hundredfold. family it's time for some self-examination if you've been praying and your prayers have not been answered it's time for self-examination because one thing is sure God hears our prayers the heart is so important the heart is so important many things that burden your heart are the very things that put your heart in bondage the true you lies in your heart. Jesus teaches a parable here to help us to live a victorious life. He says the enemy is going to come and try to kill, steal, and destroy in your life. There's going to be people that's going to offend you. There's going to be trials and tribulations. And if the devil does not get it right with that, he'll place you in a position where you start to focus upon the riches of this world. The Bible says, the seedful riches of this world, the cares of this world, and other things that takes the place of Jesus. God wants to be God, Lord of your heart. If He's God of your heart, He's God of everything. Your heart determines everything. Do you know that? Your heart determines everything. Your heart determines your love. Your heart determines your giving. Your heart determines whether you forgive or you don't forgive your heart regulates your hands when you have a family member whose birthday is coming up you think oh it's johnny let's go to the five ren store who decides that your hands no your heart but if it's somebody that you really love and care about you think what do i have that's precious even when i don't have money that i can give remember family let me just tell you something There's no such thing as a poor Christian. You might have lack, but there's no such thing as a poor Christian. Because he who were rich beyond our imagination became poor. So that you can be rich. You are blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. Where? In heavenly places. So it's very important that you have the right mindset, that you have heaven's opinion about yourself. There's no such thing as a poor Christian. Amen? Amen? If you read the Word of God and the Word of God is dominating your heart, you'll know that you're not poor. You always have something to give. Even if it's a smile. Even if it's friendship. Even if it's just your hands to help with something. Amen. Don't say, I'm poor. I don't have anything. It's time to change your confession. Amen. Your confession will give you possession. Thank you, God. So the enemy wants to attack your heart. Because He knows, if He sits on the throne of your heart, God does not share that throne with anybody. Don't be surprised when there's some killing, stealing, and destroying coming your way. But God has promised to give you life in abundance, superior in quality, and super abundant in quantity. Just because there's a little bit of a challenge, you don't stop with the assignment. There's a little bit of a delay But we're moving on. We're still going to finish the assignment. God said, build this house. But many of you, when you hit a little bit of rock, you want to run away. You think, oh God, why has this happened? God, are you not helping us build? Turn with me to Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. The question you have to ask yourself, if I'm born again, truly born again, authentic Christian, do I have a free spirit? I mean, Do I have a free heart? Or are there certain things that's become a burden in my heart so much that it's placing me in bondage? If I'm worrying so much about the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and I'm meditating upon those things the whole time, that will become a stronghold in my heart. Some people that have been told by a parent or a teacher or maybe somebody in in a position of authority, that you are worthless or you're not beautiful. Whereas they can be miswilled. But if they believe that in their heart and they're meditating upon that, even if you tell them you are beautiful, their hearts will tell them you're not beautiful. But when somebody has got God's opinion, the word of God dominating their hearts, even if you say something about them, they'll hear what you say but they'll hold on to heaven's opinion about themselves. And they will not change their confession because somebody changes their confession about them. So Joshua 1 verse 8, what does it say? This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your ways prosperous, and then will have good success. He says, listen to the word of God, hear it. When you hear the word of God, you start to meditate upon it. That which you meditate upon, obviously you'll start to confess that. But he says, don't only hear it and meditate upon it. Observe to do the problem in the church today is she's been educated beyond her obedience. Then she runs to this conference. Then she runs to this seminar. Then she runs to. It's easy to preach one sermon. It's easy to listen to one sermon. It's a completely different thing to live a sermon, to obey and to do. He says, when you meditate upon the Word of God, the advice that God is giving you, to observe and to do, your ways will become successful. And because you receive it by faith, obeying the Word of God, you'll be able to maintain it. Ask yourself, how free is my heart? How free is my spirit? Because your heart is the place where God communicates. Your conscience. The testimony of your conscience. Just listening to that. You'll hear what God is saying to you. He'll warn you. But you know what? The devil also communicates into your heart. That's why you have to make sure that your heart is free from offense. The Bible says in the book of Luke chapter 17, offense comes to everybody. But when that offense comes to you, you make the decision... Who will be Lord of your heart? You make the decision, will I yield to sin or will I yield to righteousness? Will I yield to darkness and make that Lord? Or will I yield to the light that expels all shades of darkness? You're a free moral agent. Many of our challenges is because we did not listen to the testimony of our conscience. God gives you a conscience even when you're not born again. Even when you don't have the spirit of God. Just think back quickly. The first time you did that one naughty thing that took so long to get out of your life. When you went and you wanted to do it, something on the inside said, don't do it. Don't go there. When your friends invite you and say, come here quickly, we're going to be naughty. There was something saying, don't go. But in your heart you then decided, no, I'm going to go. Nobody made you do it. Romans 6 verse 16. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. Don't you realize that grace frees you to choose your own master? But choose carefully for you surrender yourself to become a servant bound to the one you choose to obey. If you choose to love sin, it will become your master and it will own you and reward you with death. But if you choose to love and obey God, He will lead you into perfect righteousness. The question is, who reigns in your heart? The question is, who is master of your heart? You've come and you say, I want to be part of the anointing service today. I want to be anointed because I know the anointing breaks the yoke. I've got some yokes that I want to have destroyed in my life. But many people... Because they don't deal with their hearts. Will not be able to maintain that which God wants to do in their lives. A matter of fact, some people will say, I've been to anointing services. They've anointed me. They've anointed me with oil. They've anointed me with water. They've anointed me with spit. They've hit me with a special anointed handkerchief. I've been anointed with everything and nothing has changed in my life. The anointing doesn't work. Nothing has changed in my life. But what has changed in your heart? And many people start to blaspheme in that way against the work of the Holy Spirit. If the anointing is done in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that settles it. Many people have been in prayer lines and they say, Jesus doesn't heal. He's not a healer. He's not a deliverer. Just because they themselves have not seen it immediately. Looking at their outward situation and circumstances. But instead of getting God's opinion. And many people don't receive that which God wants to give them. It's time to make sure that your heart is light, that your spirit is free. The truth is, when your spirit is burdened, it's very difficult to hear from God. But when your spirit is free, it's easy to hear from God. We say, God bless me, but we don't want to let go of the offense. We say, God, yes, help me, give me the breakthrough but we're still focusing upon our situation and our circumstances. Remember, I said I'm talking to believers this morning. When we talk about authentic faith, that which pleases God, it's faith that works through love. So you have to ask yourself, do I have a loving heart? Because the kind of faith that pleases God works through love. How many people do you think pastors will pray for? If people come for prayer and they say, Pastor, pray for me. I say, before I pray for you, can I ask you, do you have a loving heart? No, 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 no. I'm not talking about loving heart, Pastor. I'm talking about the breakthrough that I need. If we say, Pastor, pray for me for a blessing. And I say, okay, have you prayed the prayer before you came here? Have you prayed and asked God to cleanse you before he blesses you? God is holy. We worship him in the beauty of his holiness. But people don't want to take responsibility for their hearts. Offense will come to everybody. Challenges will come to everybody. The deceitfulness of riches comes to everybody. But that's why we need God. The Bible says in the book of Matthew, blessed are the pure in heart. The New Living Translation says that God blesses the pure in heart. So when your heart is pure, you are blessed already. Why? Because God looks right into your heart. When your heart is pure, it's easy to pray. When your heart is pure, it's easy to receive. When your heart is pure, it's easy to give. When your heart is pure, it's easy to forgive. God looks at our hearts. What has been troubling your hearts? It's time to take that situation and put it in the hands of Jesus so that He can put His peace in your heart. How does the Bible work? Turn with me to Romans 10. If you believe that you're an anointed one, if you believe God has blessed you, if you believe God has planned good things for you, ask yourself, has your confession changed? Listen here what the Bible says. Romans 10 verse 8. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Authentic faith is faith that works through love. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with a mouth confession is made unto salvation. So he says, you confess with your mouth unto salvation. But in your heart, you believe that God has made you righteous. Many people will tell you, I have a good relationship with Jesus. But they are lying. They're saying it with their mouths, but in their hearts they know it's not the truth. Righteousness is not for those who confess it with their mouths, but those who believe it with their hearts. Do you believe that Jesus has sanctified and cleansed your heart? He who knew no sin became sin, so that we can become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Have you ever wondered if God hears your prayers? There's many people teaching many things. But let me, from the Word of God, explain some things to you that will help you a lot. The book of Psalm 66 says, If I had regarded iniquity in my heart, the Lord would have not heard my prayer. David saying, If I had regarded iniquity, it's almost like you've got sympathy towards that iniquity, that sin because why now sin rules in your heart Amen. because all of you are now looking at what you've done wrong this week how many times you got offended how many people you offended how many times you worried about the cares of this world how many challenges and tribulations you faced verse 18 says if I regard iniquity in my heart the Lord will not hear so what is he saying he's saying if there's sin in your heart He says, you will hear yourself, the people around you will hear you, but God will not hear me. Is That that was written there. Say, thank you, Jesus, it's Old Testament. That's why David, before Christ had died, the Holy Spirit was upon him. That's why when he had sinned, he said, do not let your spirit depart from me. Why? Because he knew that the Holy Spirit and sin had nothing in common. So if he had chosen unrighteousness, unholiness, the Holy Spirit will depart and he would no longer be a giant slayer because he knew the friend that he had in the Holy Spirit was the giant slayer and not himself. That's why he prayed in Psalm 51, Lord, create in me a pure heart and a contrite spirit. So God wants purity in our most inner part. Nothing has changed. God still wants you to be pure, still wants you to be holy. Amen. Amen. If you go to John chapter 9, let's just go there quickly. I have to, if I just quote the scriptures, you're not going to believe me. So number one, let me read verse 16 to you quickly. Therefore, some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God because he does not keep the Sabbath. Others said, how can a man who is a sinner do such things? New Testament, Jesus not died yet. Verse 31, now we know that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God, and does his will, he hears him. So they understood that if somebody is a sinner, somebody does not walk in the ways of the Lord, they're in trouble. Listen to what the Passion Translation says on Psalm 66. It says, the Passion Translation, Yet if I had closed my eyes to my sin, the Lord would have closed his ears to my praise." 1 Peter 3 verse 12. Family, when offense comes, let it go over and over and over and over. Remember, when I read from Romans 6, you decide who you yield to. You decide whether you hand your heart over to Jesus or whether you hand your heart over to the devil. The person who you hand your heart over to is the person who's in control of your heart. Here, in the book of 1 Peter, it says, The eyes... Of the Lord are upon the righteous and he hears their prayers the eyes of the Lord is upon the righteous has Jesus made you righteous yes okay so yeah I'm a Christian I've surrendered my life to the Lord Jesus Christ he who knew no sin became sin so that I can be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus I'm still on this earth I'm still going to get offended So now I've become a Christian. I've accepted what Jesus has done on the cross for me. It's washed me, it's cleansed me. Now I'm walking here on this earth. I can still get offended. Old Testament, David said, Do not let your spirit depart from me. New Testament, Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Old Testament, the Holy Spirit left. New Testament, The Bible says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. So now, I'm a Christian. I'm here with the Holy Spirit. When I sin, the Holy Spirit is here. He sees what I'm doing wrong. But the Bible says, he is my helper, not my judge. So now, Mama Tamana has offended me. I'm angry with her. Can you believe it, what this woman has done again? I'm walking away. (laughs) The Holy Spirit will say, no, 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 no. Remember, Jesus has forgiven you. You must forgive her. Yeah. Go and make right. Yeah. But now, she's offended me. Remember the Bible says, not seven times 70. Let's say she's offended me seven times 69 in one day. Now I say, that's it. I'm finished with God. I'm finished with these Christians. I'm going away. Yeah. Now I'm running from the Father. Now listen to me. God the Father is in heaven. Jesus is in heaven. The Holy Spirit is on earth. Jesus said, Whatever you ask the Father, in my name, I will do it for you here. So what do we need to do? We need to approach the throne of grace and ask the Father if we want things to change. But what do we do when we do something wrong? Now I've sinned 69 times 7 times. When you've made so many mistakes over and over, you want to run away from God. I don't want to go to church. But now the Holy Spirit says, No, wait. Don't run away. Run to God. Remember, you can come to the Father. Look to the cross. The author, the finisher, the perfecter of your faith. Look there. The price has been paid. That which you've done wrong, he's died for. It says, and don't worry. If you come to the Father now, your advocate, your high priest is waiting here for you. He's waiting here for you. If you've done anything wrong, he's paid the price in full. He's the one that's going to represent you. He knows you by name. But don't run away from him. Run to him. Now when you come to the throne of grace, you receive grace and help. But when you run away, you cannot receive grace and help. Now you're standing on your own. So what what do you do? Now, Mama Tamana offends me. I run to Jesus. As soon as I want to come to the Father, I want to go into the Holy of Holies. Remember, Jesus has now died. There's no longer... Any separation. The veil has been taken away. So you're either in the Holy of Holies or you're out. But the way that you get in, you enter in by the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The high priest is here. He's still ministering his blood. So even now, if I approach God, I'm still offended, you know, sometimes we approach God, still offended. Jesus is saying, Father, he's coming, putting his trust in the blood. He knows I have forgiven him. He's going to forgive. And his blood speaks for me a better covenant, better promises. Now I come and I say, Jesus, please help me. As you turn to God and you say, Help me, you'll find God supporting and backing your position to forgive you, to cleanse you, to sanctify you from all unrighteousness and make your heart righteous. So now even when you have to pray, you want to pray for yourself for breakthrough or whatever. Now you come and you think, oh yes, Lord, I was so offended this week. The cares of this world gripped my heart. I was so worried. And now I must pray for the breakthrough. What does the devil want to do? He wants to kill, steal and destroy the word of God out of your heart. So what does Jesus say? The Holy Spirit will come and say, listen, don't look at those things. When you are praying now, let's say it's for healing or for breakthrough. Don't look now at what you've done. Look to the cross where the price was paid. And I'm looking there to the cross, and now there's perfection. Now there's mercy. Now there's grace. And the Father says, okay, he's not putting his trust in himself is putting his trust in my son. Now he will help you. So every time you come to Jesus, say you get offended very quickly, or you have road rage, or whatever your weakness is, everybody's got them. Every time you come to Jesus, you say, Jesus, help me. Jesus will say, go to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is your helper, he's your comforter. He will show you now how to do it. Now, when I'm here and I want to get angry, says the life that I live, I don't longer live anymore. I live it through the Holy Spirit. How? I've been crucified with Christ. So when I want to get angry and fight and he says, Holy Spirit will say, Listen, look to the cross. The price was being paid. It's been paid in full. Say, oh, thank you, Jesus. When you come to Jesus again, and you say, please help me, says, Holy Spirit, the life that you live now, you've died. You don't live the life that you want to live. Let the Holy Spirit live through you. Now you've become a son of God, being led by the Holy Spirit. Now you are rooted and grounded in the Word of God. So even when somebody offends you, you can forgive them or you don't take offense. Because you know as Christ has forgiven me, I can forgive. And in this way, you keep your peace, you maintain your position in Christ, in His righteousness. Now you are clothed with righteousness and your heart does not have to condemn you at all. Amen. Amen. Just go to 1 John 3 quickly, verse 16. Because many of us, We get up in the morning and we say, today I'm going to do it right. And before you've walked out of the back door, you've messed up. Now you think, how can I pray? You're thinking, God won't hear my prayers. Hello? Remember, it's a new covenant, a better covenant with better promises. Now, if you yield to sin, you grieve the Holy Spirit. But He will never leave you nor forsake you. That you can grieve him when you are grieving the Holy Spirit. God the Father will see it, Jesus will see it. It will definitely have an effect upon your life. But when you make him happy and you're obedient, it has an effect upon your praise as well. Amen. But let me just help you quickly. 1 John 3, verse 16. Are you there? 19 and by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him For if our heart condemns us god is greater than our heart and knows all things what is he saying he's saying your heart that's condemning you god knows all things jesus has died for that thing which is condemning your heart that thing which is a burden in your heart jesus has died for it he is the solution to all fundamental problems For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our hearts and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. And whatever we ask, we receive from Him. Because we keep His commandments and do those things that are pleasing in His sight. We live a life not to see how many people we can upset. Amen? How many people we can make angry? How many people we can fight with? We do the things that are pleasing to the Lord. And even if you do something wrong, don't worry. Your advocate, Jesus, is representing you next to the Father. Go and make right very quickly. When we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our unrighteousness. That's why it's a very good thing to start every morning, to start every day. Most merciful God, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I confess before you and the heavenly hosts that I've sinned. In thoughts, in words, and in deeds. Forgive me my sins. Forgive us our sin and heal me, O Lord, by your Holy Spirit. Raise me up to that new level in Christ. Amen? Amen. Family, let me tell you something. Offense is one of the things that hinders Christians' prayers more than anything else. Let go of that offense over and over. You know, it's the people that offend you the most, the people that are the closest to you. The people that are the closest to you. I said in the first service, I said, who's offended you more, your boss or your wife? Your boss or your spouse? Listen here what the Bible says. 1 Peter 3 verse 7. Husbands, likewise, dwell with them, that's your wife, with understanding, giving honor to the wife as the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. He says if you take offense with your wife, your prayers can be hindered. Your relationship with God depends far more upon your relationship with the people around you than what you realize. Paul, uh, Peter is saying here, I'm giving you some advice. Those that are the closest to you, the devil can often use those situations to offend you. Not use your spouse as an instrument of the devil. Because you have an expectation in your heart they can do something and you can take offense. You know how easy that is? You walk in town thinking I'm spending some time with my beloved and you walk past uh, a fish place and you smell the fish and you think, oh, my wife, don't you think some fish will be nice tonight? And she says, you say, don't you think some fish will be nice? She says, I think fish will be lovely. And you go home and you get home that evening and she gives you pop and Pappenvors. You say, I thought we said lunchtime fish would be nice. Yes, I agreed that fish would be nice, but I'd taken out this already this morning, so I made it. <laughs> but I thought you're here to make me happy. That's how easy it is to take offense. Who have you played in that movie? Because your expectations are so high of the people that are close to you. Because your walls are down. It's easier to take offense with them. And that's what the enemy uses because it hinders your prayers. Don't step into that trap. Amen. Amen. Only Jesus is perfect. We are close to perfection because of God's grace and what he has done. We have to show grace because we need grace. We need to forgive because we still need forgiveness. This is the one thing hindering people not to hear what God is saying. The thing that hinders people's prayers because of offense. The Bible says the devil we know wants to kill, steal, and destroy the word of God out of your heart. Allow the word of God to be settled in your heart. Give Jesus the rightful place in your heart. Amen. Before we go on, I want to just touch on this quickly. Coming to an anointing service, the anointing is free. If you think you have to pay for it. You're discerning as the world and not as a heavenly man. You don't buy the anointing. You don't buy healing. You don't buy deliverance. You don't buy breakthrough. Those things are freely given because we receive it freely. Don't step into that trap. Something which is of God, treat it as something that's of God. God is who he said he is. We don't have to reduce it to something in the world. Because many of you have gone to places to receive spiritual things. And you had to pay for it. You think now you have to do the same in the church. Some of you are confused. It's a no-no. You don't buy those things. If you buy it, if you purchase it, that which is intended to be a blessing will become a curse. You look shocked. Because you run to churches and you go buy anointing bottles of oil and anointing water and anointing this and anointing special anointed carpets. If you now buy this anointed carpet and you pray it and you kneel, your prayers will be answered. Before you register in a prayer line, you have to pay. It's nonsense. It's nonsense. Do not judge. Don't say anything. But you cannot do that. If Maggie comes to me and she says, I have need of a burgundy Bible. But I cannot afford it. And let's say the value of this Bible, I don't know, let's say it's 500 rand, or thousand, let's, you say it's a thousand rand Bible, this. And I don't have this. And she's in need of this. But now, Mama Tamana comes to me, and she hears that I have need of this, that I want to bless somebody. And she says, you know what? Pastor, you can have this Bible. And I take I said, but this is a thousand-rand Bible. She says, yes, it's fine. I know it's precious to me, but I'm going to give it to you. Now I take the Bible. And I think, I've got a Bible. Maggie, I know you have, I, you're in need of a thousand-rand Bible like this. I have one for you, and I've got good news for you. This Bible is only going to cost you a hundred. Rand. It's a thousand-rand Bible. But a special deal for you just today. Just because I love you and I care about you. And I don't want this blessing to go past you. If you give me a hundred rand, you can have the Bible. And she thinks, and she gives me a hundred rand and I give her the Bible. What will now later on happen with my relationship with Mama Tamana if she finds out? This which she gave me for free, I've sold it for a hundred rand, even if it's a bargain. Is that not what many people are doing with the anointing? They got it for free. God called them, God anointed us. And now we want to sell it. When people are desperate for something. I'm closing by reading three scriptures. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 12. Now we've received not the spirit of the world to bargain, to sell, to exchange. But the spirit who is from God that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. That these things we also speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Money cannot buy the anointing. Anointing is spiritual. Money is not spiritual. It can be used for good things, for outreaches and those kind of things. But you don't buy your healing with money. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. But they are foolish to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Matthew 10 verse 8 says, Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. So even if you are raising dead people, Freely you've received, freely give. That's the context. He says, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers. Today's terms, heal the HIV people. Don't take advantage of people when they're HIV positive and desperate and take their money. Because those are the people that are being taken most advantage of. I'm telling you now. Charging people 20,000 Rand to be prayed for them when they're HIV positive. (laughs) Cease, man. And then when they go for a test, then you say it's their faith. Yes. So I'll spend some time with people facing that challenge. Because I've learned a lot from my Father in the Lord when it comes to that. God loves everybody and He wants to heal everybody. Romans 8 verse 32. He who did not spare His own Son, the beauty of heaven, but delivered Him up for us all, how shall He not with Him also freely give us all things if God did not withhold Jesus from you but freely gave him and he now died for all those things he will freely give you all things this is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ this is good news that God has made a way we couldn't do it on our own we've been messing up in the old testament and in the new testament but there's a new covenant with better promises A better covenant. The blood of Jesus that speaks for you. A high priest who died for you, who is ministering for you in heaven. Even when you come now and you pray, and your prayers are still a bit contaminated with your own desires, selfish desires, or a little bit of anger, or a little bit of offense, Jesus is standing here with His blood. And He says, let me just sanctify this prayer. Let me just cleanse this prayer. Let me just intercede for his weaknesses. Hello? Let me just make intercession as he approaches. At least he's not running away from me. He's coming to me and he saying, Jesus, help me. And he's come to the throne of grace. Grace is God treating you better than what you deserve. And he says, let me cleanse you. Let me sanctify you. You're putting your faith in me. That's why you've come to me, the invincible God of power and might. I will now show myself strong on your behalf. And he'll help us and he'll see us through. Just don't run away from God. When he says, let go of the offense, let go of the offense. As soon as you realize sin wants to kill, steal, and destroy, and that God gives you instruction just to help you, just to bless you, just to lift you up, You'll let go of those things and you'll hold on to God more than ever before. See you lot. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.